the future. A relentless, desperate wasteland ravaged by nuclear war. With the destruction of the internet and search engines such as Google, accurate information about the past is traded like currency. Two brave travelers are commissioned with the dangerous task of going back through time to gather as much information as they can to find out about the late 20th and early 21st centuries in hopes that a future society may rebuild what was lost and avoid the horror of a smoldering radioactive planet. But there is a catch. The travelers journey back across eons of time is a one-way trip, leaving them stranded in the past. Wait, what? There's no way to communicate their findings to the future other than burying reinforced time capsules in the ground. In the hopes that one day recordings such as these will be unearthed to provide a glimpse of the world that once was. This is the mission of the crispy coated robots. And it must succeed. Hey, it's Jim. And it's Joseph. Hello. <laughs> and it's George. There we go. Okay. Yeah, you didn't know if I was going to say it or not, did you? Yeah. Welcome to Crispy Coated Robots 139. 139 episodes. Uh, about six of them are pretty good, but uh, 139, folks. <laughs> and uh, today we are talking about humorous horror. That's yes. hard to say. And what is the second topic, Mr. Johnson? Theater therapy. That is when we are Almost confessing our, yeah. our, our experience, our personal experiences, top five personal experiences that we've had in theater. And not necessarily go. good, not, not bad. I, memorable. I'm sure. Memorable. Once it stand why, out. Why is the home office even asking for this? This is not really pop culture. I don't know. They want to get to I, know I, us. They're making effort to get to know they us. They want to get to know us. I think Are that. Are going to have any matches? Wouldn't that be weird if we had a match <laughs> on those? Well, we're also movies? looking at like universal themes because I think, you know, it's it, it going to the theater is one of the last bastions of like community experiencing something other than sports. I uh, mean, monster truck rallies, yeah, but monster truck rallies, you know, it, it, it requires, <laughs> it's, it's not always there, but it requires people to be quiet and sort of experience a story together. Uh, and, uh, this is something that I think that, uh, Everyone sort of has this, this, these shared moments of something that's happened. At least that's the way I looked at it. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I've been to theaters where they have not been quiet, Joseph. Uh, Oh, yeah. It's it's getting harder and harder for me to go to theaters because of that. All right. So let's uh, go ahead and any rules for the humorous horror. It has to start off as a horror or, or intended to be campy right it can't be something that was started off to be a actual horror movie and became funny right well it's a horror movie but it's not a spoof okay so we're not doing like the scary movies okay oh, yeah. uh yeah. where they're just blatantly saying hey we're making fun of the movies instead it's a humorous take on the genre of the subgenre of yeah horror movies so very, very that tells me absolutely nothing so let's move on well now. no uh <laughs> you, you've got all those <laughs> <laughs> Literally, they're called scary movie, and uh, and they have like I know six or saying. seven yeah. of them. Uh, the parodies like so not it, not a parody, 
It, it can't is, be like a hot shots or an airplane. Oh, of right. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, like that. Okay. Now, now I get it. All right, so okay. let's go ahead and start with um, humorous horror. Joseph, number one. Number five, no, come in. 2019, uh, Ready or Not. Uh, this is uh, where Samara Weaving stars as a bride uh, that is, you know, uh, being introduced to the family. And they find out that basically the family is filled with maniacs and they have sort of this uh, sort of hunter type game that they play, you know, sort well, of like a uh, uh, very the, lethal version of hide and seek. Yes, exactly. It's uh, the most dangerous game kind of thing where, you know, they they start hunting her. And uh, to me, it it does a really good job of uh, keeping you, at, you know, suspenseful because it is sort of far, you know, they're trying to kill her and all that, but, uh, she sort of, she sort of braves it out there. So I liked it ready or not. Yeah. yeah. And the reason that they do this, Jim, have you, have you seen this movie? I haven't this seen it. Right I know the plot though. I've seen, yeah, I've seen. Okay. Well, the, yeah. the reason that they do this, uh, they claim, okay. That they do this is if they don't, uh, there's like a supernatural element to it that they'll, the, apparitions will uh you know destroy them or, or something so it's it's really crazy and uh if you haven't seen it it's a great ending where it's just this is on my honorable mention uh this this great ending where it's like oh okay yeah, yeah. um but uh and that's all i'm gonna say about that okay there you go george number five for you all right. This is a guilty pleasure. Uh, this is not a good movie, but my wife and I still quote lines from this thing after three and a half decades, Transylvania six, 5,000. It came out in 1985. <laughs> uh, and the whole thing is a pun on the, uh, song that Glenn Miller made famous, the big band guy. Um, but it's got Jeff Goldblum and Ed Bigley, uh, junior carol kane uh, jeffrey jones uh he's a lot of fun gina davis uh and pre seinfeld uh michael richards okay but the plot simple plot these two tabloid reporters okay uh like from the national Enquirer, except they they're not called that but they travel to modern day transylvania to uncover the truth behind these frankenstein sightings uh but as they investigate, they stumble across a, a mummy and a werewolf and, you know, these vampires or, or this vampire rather, uh, it's just silly, but it is, you know, you don't get to pick who you fall in love with sometimes. And this is one of those movies. <laughs> I know it's bad, but, um, we still, uh, Sabrina and my wife and I, we're still like, I'm lower. I'm lower, you know, all the time. <laughs> And it's not even that funny, but we enjoy it so much. This is one of the first movies uh, I guess we saw when, when we were dating, but uh, Transylvania, 6,000. Nice. Nice. Uh, my number five in 2001 was included in the Library Congress and also selected for preservation of the National Film Registry. Number 56 on the American Institute's uh, 100 Funniest Movies from 1948. It is the first horror movie 
comedy horror movie I saw. I'm talking about Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Nice. <laughs> nice. Watched it on a Saturday afternoon. My mom said, you got to watch this movie. So I'm watching it. Um, and the great scene, of course, uh, Abbott and Costello, they play like these delivery people and they go to this haunted castle and they're actually delivering monsters to Dracula, who Bella Lugosi is in the movie. Uh, Lon Chaney is actually the werewolf in the movie, too. Uh, but there's a great scene when, you know, Abbott's uh, there's a candle on top of the crate and then starts moving. Chick, 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 chick. Uh, you know nice. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, then, and then Abbott comes in, of course, it doesn't move anymore. And he sits there, you know, it's the gag. It's the old gag, but it, it works. And, uh, the, you know, even Francis Ford Coppola. He kind of said this is one of the movies that got him interested in in making movies. Uh, this you know, is I, what he made Bram Stoker. This from, is yeah, right? yeah. He yeah, said this, this was the one. He said Chick. He said <laughs> the portrayal by uh, uh, Lou Costello as uh, Wilbur and Bud Abbott as Chick. And and this is right on the the tail end of kind of the golden age of those classic Hollywood monster movies, right? You said this is forty five. This is forty. This is forty eight. And the thing about 48. it is, Abbott Costello didn't even want to do it. It was being developed, and the film was like one of the biggest hits of the year. And of course, we had all the follow ups. They meet the werewolf. They meet uh, yeah. the mommy. So it led to a whole string of of movies yeah. of a movie they didn't originally did not want to do. So there you go. The first one, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, is my number five. Nice. Right. Now to the fun theater therapy joseph you're number five okay coming in 1973 pinocchio this was the first movie i remember going to see in the theater i think i was in like first grade maybe and we took a field trip uh to the museum and for some reason they were showing pinocchio and i sat in the front row and the screen just engulfed me uh and i just remember i mean it's a vivid vivid childhood memory of just the color and the scenery. I had never seen it before. Uh, and I was amazed by it. And I think that's where I fell in love with the movies is watching Pinocchio in 1973. There you go. Nice. Very nice. Uh, George, you're number five. Uh, so that's, this requires a little bit of an explanation. Um, it, it is a, an experience I had at Rocky horror picture show. Okay. Uh, downtown, uh, Houston and in, in the river Oaks area, there's a, this river Oaks art house theater, iconic landmark for, for Houston for over 80 years. Uh, even Richard Linkletter filmmaker, Richard Linkletter said this theater itself is a church to the arts, but there's this group, the Royal Mystic Order of Chaos. They've been doing the shadow cast since 2012. They actually act out the movie you're watching up front. Okay. So my uh, son-in-law uh, to be uh, Seth, uh, Seth Maldonado, uh, he had never been, and it was his first time to, to go. And I, and I was taking him uh, with my daughter who had, I'd taken before we're in the line. Now, every weekend when this plays, the line literally wraps around the theater. The, it is a packed house every Saturday night when, when they do this once a month. And um, this, this guy, this older kind of yuppie bald headed guy uh, who is definitely out of place. Not that bald headed people can't go to this movie, but uh, he is <laughs> not, you can tell he's not, he, he's just out of place. And uh, he starts cutting in line. Uh, and I'm like, 
you know, and, and the line, you stand in there for like an hour before they, they open the theater. So anyway, I'm like, Hey buddy, there's a line here. And, and we watch him, he goes and he cuts like four or five uh, spaces back from us. Okay. But when we get in the, the movie theater, uh, they sell the, they call them bags of crap and it's little props that you will use through the film. And, uh, a very proud moment. This was when I knew this was the man for my daughter is there's a scene where they unwrap Rocky like a mummy and you throw toilet paper at the screen and all over the theater. Well, Seth beamed this guy in the back of the head with a whole unrolled roll of toilet paper. Uh, and, and he's like looking around the, the guy turned, but I mean, he didn't unroll it. He got the full force of Seth's, you know, football arm throwing. Uh, and I was like, yeah, you're going to, you're going to be a good man for my daughter. So uh, <laughs> nice. that is it. Uh, Rocky horror picture show with Seth. There you go. Uh, mine is from 1977. I had seen Star Wars already at the Eastland Mall. Uh, my grandmother wanted to see a movie, but she didn't want to see Star Wars. So we went into something called The Deep, which is playing uh, in the next theater. The set, right? <laughs> I was mere nine years old, and I did, didn't know why that I fell in love with Jacqueline Bissett that day. But uh, I found I out what, what a wet T-shirt was at a very ripe age of nine years old with the first uh, diving <laughs> scene. Uh, the movie ended up being a really good movie, too. I mean, I love Robert Shaw. I love Lewis Gossett getting eaten by the eel at the end. Spoiler. Uh, and Nick Nolte. Yeah, spoiler. Nick Nolte. But uh, I do remember where I was exactly in the Eastland Mall. I actually could hear the uh, uh, the uh, Star Wars louder parts when the, the quieter <laughs> parts of the deep in the next theater. But uh, quite an experience for me. Uh, became a man how that was, day. How was your grandmother that day? Oh, she was fine, you know. Oh, she was like my nana was fine. Yeah, she just okay. she didn't even think twice about it. I guess <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's when Jim day, became a that's, man. That's what I was say. That's the day Jim became Forced into manhood at nine years old. It's terrible. That's right. Terrible and good at the same time. All right, so let's move on now to the <laughs> horror, uh, horror, humorous horror number four. Joseph, what you got? So uh, coming in 2013, this is the end. Uh, where it's a hyper reality movie of some of your favorites like Seth Rogen. Uh, and basically what ends up happening is it's basically Armageddon uh, is taking place. And it just sort of shows what people truly would be like uh, if, if the world did end and you had, you know, uh, leftovers uh, you know, people that didn't go to heaven uh, and what it would be like. I just think that this movie, I've watched it several times. In fact, I watched it a couple of weeks ago. I think it is just one of those truly funny kind of things there because you have a lot of people playing themselves, but sort of that, that curb your enthusiasm, hyper reality. They make themselves uh, look as, as awful as possible with it. Uh, and uh I got to say, I got to give it up to Channing Tatum for oh, his yeah. uh, little cameo uh -huh. role because uh, that yep, just sort of the leash. Yep. Yeah, he, you know, Emma Watson. Uh, oh, she's and, my favorite in it. Yeah. And and uh, Michael uh, Sarah, uh, who is uh, definitely plays the opposite of who he truly is. So if you have not seen this movie, I think this is the end is one of those that's really great. So there yeah, you go. This is, this is my number two. 
And yes, yeah, Seth Rogen, uh, friend James Franco, Jonah Hill, Craig Robinson, Danny McBride, um, Rihanna's in it, Kevin Hart. <laughs> um, but, uh, and the end, I don't want to give it away, but if you're a fan of 90s uh, boy bands, stick oh, for the end credits. The uh, best, the uh, best. But yeah, th- this is my number two. So that makes the canister, y'all. Wow. wow, nice. So. Very what nice. is your number four, George? My number four, this is uh, uh, Drew Goddard and uh, uh, Josh Whedon's 2012 Cabin in the Woods. And uh, this, it kind of takes that whole um, college students going out to uh, this remote cabin in the middle of nowhere for drugs and a sex-filled weekend, you know, and you have all these different kind of monsters that are waiting to pluck them off one by one. Uh, but it just, it has this huge twist at the end, uh, that really turns this slasher film and the whole genre on its head. But, uh, 2012's cabin in the woods. All right. Nice. Mine is from 2014. It's the one that started it all. I'm talking about the mockumentary, what we do in the shadows, which kicked off the TV show. Uh, I'm talking about the, uh, it's, um, uh, Takita Wakiti, we never pronounce his name right on this show. Jermaine Clement uh, have uh, it's a, mainly just a reality show in a movie format where they follow these four vampires around. And I love the fact that uh, the character played by uh, Jermaine Clement refers to his ex-wife as the Beast. And you're thinking it's just, oh yeah, <laughs> that is that is the best. That's a it, great reveal. Yeah, it's <laughs> a great reveal because it keeps on showing like these these hideous creatures, you know, from from old texts. That yeah, you're thinking, not oh as God, bad as the Beast. Yeah, yeah. why why is this ancient evil? <laughs> it's and his then ex-wife. You're, you're introduced <laughs> to familiars and their roles and what they do and how they want to be vampires themselves. So it kind of creates this whole world and uh sets everything up and like i said the the final uh the one uh human familiar who hangs with them and when they find out he's actually human at the vampire's ball very yes. funny stuff so my number uh four is what we do in the shadows the movie from 2014 so nice uh on now to back to theater therapy joseph you're number four Okay, so uh, this is the time uh, I, I refer to as a, that I nearly got kicked out of the theater uh, for being disruptive. Uh, and oh it, it, it was in 2001, Jurassic Park 3. Okay, uh, I went see it on opening weekend in Waco, Texas, because I was uh, at Baylor doing a debate camp there. Uh, and as we all know, the movie's terrible it's 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 it, this is when the franchise just like spoiler it's just it's just, it's just awful so what happened is towards the end of the movie uh there was a guy that decides that he's gonna go get popcorn and drinks i don't really know why because there's maybe like 30 minutes left in this terrible movie or whatever but because the movie is not holding my attention at all at the corner of my eye, I see this guy uh, walking up the aisle with with like full popcorn and a tray with oh, two boy. Cokes. And he walks up and he misses his row. And so he decides to walk back down again, but he's into the movie. So he's watching the screen. Oh, and no. He trips and it just 
dumps on this guy. You hear this like that. I could not stop laughing for the remainder of the film to where someone complained about me because it was one of those things sort of like, like that happens at our show where you just like, you, you try not, not to laugh yeah. and you're just, just worse. It, it gets it worse. worse and worse to where finally, like, when the credits oh, are rolling, nice. this little 16-year-old guy comes up and goes, Mr., I'm going to have to ask you to leave. You've been disruptive. I'm like, I'm looking at the credits. I'm like, uh, okay. So I actually got kicked out <laughs> of the theater and during the credits and all that. But it was because this guy uh, just, I mean, he dumped it all over this. So that's uh, that, that, that's my number four. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> nice. That's the, a good uh, one. George, what is your number four? So we're going to go back to River Oaks Theater. Okay. Uh, they were showing. More toilet paper. Uh, no, this one's different. <laughs> this this is a relatively empty You pegged theater. another bald guy in the head. <laughs> um, don't, don't steal my thunder here. Uh, <laughs> they, they're re-releasing uh, Kubrick's masterpiece, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Okay. <laughs> I've told you this story, Jim. He's he already knows. Yeah. Uh so I'm I'm there with uh the woman that will become my rich young beautiful wife, Sabrina, and our friend Matthew Stevens. And uh and Matthew Stevens was uh such a Kubrick fan and a fan of this movie. Um I think it was actually his idea to to go see it again on the big screen and uh and we do and it's a matinee there's nobody in the theater save the three of us okay and the movie starts and um first of all uh matthew he's a big guy okay uh and he bought the biggest popcorn and the biggest drink and by the time we get to jupiter okay uh, in the, in the novel, it's actually Saturn, but, uh, in the movie it's by the time we get to Jupiter, he has guzzled down uh, that barrel of Pepsi or whatever it was, uh, Dr. Pepper and his bladder says, cries uncle no more. Uh, so he's like, Oh, Oh, I gotta go. And I'm like, dude, that's, I'm not going with you anyway he he leaves we're watching you know um great great movie we've seen it multiple times but it's great to see it on the the big screen anyway like a, a moment or two later he is back and i'm like did did you go because i mean he he was like you know almost in tears because he needed to go so bad he said yeah I, I i went um i went in the back and i'm like so first of all river oaks is not a big like no mega megaplex 24 play they only have uh i think two bathrooms okay uh and i know where they're located and i'm like in the back he had stood in the back of the theater watching them he never <laughs> he never stopped watching the film and just relieved himself in that cup i never asked what he did with the cup <laughs> but i was just Oh it, man, it, it was awful. Yeah. Uh, so now, and I've seen the movie in the theater. I took my son to, to see this when that part of the film comes around, I, I it's tainted with the memory <laughs> of Matthew Stevens urinating into a, uh, theater cup. Uh, 
just because he loved them. That's a guy. That's a love of film, right? Yes, there, right there. You're right. Wow, there. Matthew Stevens, R.I.P. All right. Well, uh, Joseph mentioned his kind of first movie. Mine was Aristocats. That was like a honorable mention for me. But my first double feature, kids double feature, which I was amazed that we got to sit and actually watch two movies at the same time. To me, was Snoopy Come Home and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Nice. Wow. Yeah, I remember there was like uh, Snoopy come home as they have that one little sequence where they kind of like have all these kind of number words flashing, you know, come home, come home. Just remember that vividly in my mind. And also remember uh, waiting between so they could reel up the uh, Charlie, the, um, you know, Willy Wonka, the chocolate factory afterwards. Uh, just a good day. I mean, it was it's 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 weird. It's one of those childhood memories that is stuck with me. Nothing really crazy happened. It was just the first double feature. So did you awesome? Uh, so was this like at a drive-in or this? No, was, this uh, is actually at a theater. Just a regular. Oh, okay. Theater. okay. You know, cool. Saturday mornings they used to have kid double features. Yeah. You know, to keep them. You going. know, my my mom my mom would take us to double features all the time because you know with her age and all that she was a product of the serial movies. You know, yeah. Of, oh, yeah. When they yeah. did the serials, where her my grandfather would give them like a dollar. And there was like five kids and they would just go all day all because day, it was yeah. pre-television. So she loved double features. I think my love of movies came from my mom and we used to go see all the Disney stuff, you know, the snowball express, you know, yeah, and and things of that nature. Weird, weird double features together though, especially uh, yeah. not so much at the, at the theaters for kids, but some definitely at, at the drive-in like George mentioned. Yeah. There some strange oh, absolutely. That, that didn't belong together. I think I saw last one that I went to double feature was like iron weed which was a tech oh, wow. and yeah. like blood sport. I mean, just, they, just, they just flashed two movies together, just slapped them together. No kind of like, you know, the kids movies or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, I do remember that one. Yeah. We have, we have monkeys go home over here and then, you know, some kind of, you know, rollerball <laughs> where <laughs> like if you how, just turn your head, you can, you can see James <laughs> right. Con Howard's and, and like, yeah. you know, <laughs> zombie out of the massacre, <laughs> you know, but anyway, <laughs> wow. <laughs> on, on now to the number three experience. And I mean, sorry, a uh, horror, horror movie that you find funny, Joseph, what is your number three? Uh, this is my oldest entry from 2004. Sean of the dead. Uh, this is, uh, the zombie comedy, a zombie is what some people call it. Uh, you know, uh, it is, you know, Simon Pegg, Edgar Wright, who basically come out with this outright like comedy on, and I think, I think it was great because this is when, you know, walking dead in, in, uh, what was it? Uh, what, what was the book? Uh, Z, uh, oh, World War Z. Yeah, yeah World War Z. Yeah, this it, was it, the height of zombiness. Exactly. So they come out with a comedy, and it's uh, and and it's really sort of funny because it's it's a little bit English, you know, but it's about guys that are just like they go to the pub. What what are you gonna do when the zombies attacking? You go to the pub, you know. Uh, so, anyways, uh, I think it's good. I think it's funny. A lot of people find it almost like a cult hit. You know, oh, yeah. there are people out there that just love Shaun of the Dead. I think it's funny. I'm not a cult member, but I do think it's funny. So that's why it's my number three. This is my number one. Wow. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, Simon Pegg is this electronic salesman and his roommate, flatmate, uh, just plays video games all day. And uh, the whole thing hinges, though, on Simon Pegg's character is 
trying to get his estranged girlfriend back. So That's while right. the world is ending, the but the best scene in the whole thing for me, and I've always wondered about it until 2004 when this movie came came out, is why don't they just act like zombies? And there's a scene where they kind of audition in front of each other, like how they're going to act like zombies. And then they just kind of shamble down the street to the pub. Um, but, uh, very, very funny. Uh, I like hot fuzz, the, the movie that came you right. know, partnership, with, but nothing like this. This is, this is yeah. the, the gold standard right here for me. Uh, Absolutely. What's your Shaun number three the there, George? My number three is uh, going to go all the way back to Wait, does this zomb- close out your list, George? This is going to close out my list boys. Wow. 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 So, yep. This is the end and Shaun of the dead Transylvania, six, 5,000 cabin in the woods and 2009 zombie land. Uh, so this is Jesse Eisenberg. He's a, uh, this kind of shy student, uh, after in the zombie apocalypse, trying to get back to his family in Ohio and he's got all these, uh, the way they film this is really cool. He's got all these rules on how to survive. Don't do this, do this, make sure you do this. And then uh, Woody Harrelson, is he plays the part of a character named Tallahassee. Everybody has all these names. They can't go by, names. they can't, they don't want to know each other's names to yeah. make it permanent. So they go by where they're from. But what is he looking for, Joseph? What is he in search of? Okay, so uh, this is my number one. Oh, okay. So, so it makes the list, uh, and he is looking for the coveted Twinkie. That's right. Uh, and ho hos will not do. That's right. Don't, uh, even, don't even put that crap in snowballs. Snowballs are in the movie somewhere. Too, snowballs, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. No. Snowball, unacceptable. <laughs> Uh, but this is great because you have Eisenberg uh, is playing sort of a uh, Woody Allen-ish sort of, you know, uh, hypochondriac super that, nerd yeah. that, that has, you know, considered it to be a superpower to be so skittish and all that. that that's why he survives and all that. But literally what got me with this movie and the reason why it's my number one is the opening scene is just a punch in the face. Yeah. Uh, it's just a punch in the face. It tells you exactly what the movie's about and what you're in store for, for the next, you know, 90 minutes uh, with this. And it is, it's great because the special effects in this thing. Oh, the first are, rate. Yeah. they're first rate. I mean, they, yeah. they could have made an outright, you know, uh, uh, What's his name? Uh, the z- zombie guy. Uh, uh, <laughs> what, 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 I have no what, idea what you're trying to say. Uh, the, the, <laughs> I'll help you the, if the, I the can. Come on, guys. Help me Huh? Yeah, Romero. Sorry. Okay. Romero. Uh, it, they could have made his <laughs> kind of stuff. <laughs> but yeah. Well, you got it, they though. could have made a zombie I'm impressed. Uh, I knew you would get it, George. I said uh, the zombie guy, and you got it. Okay? So anyways. Uh, later. Uh, but but no, I think I think that that like the, you, the the effects were trying there, to get the visual... to a zombie there for a minute. <laughs> they could have been a zombie. But anyways, this is great. Uh, th- this is great, and uh, the fear of clowns has never been portrayed uh, in the movies so wonderfully as um, it is in this movie. And I will say, this film features 
the greatest cameo that Bill Murray will ever do. Great cameo ever, I think. Well, if you leads listen. into my number three. My number oh. three is Bill Murray in his uh, gear that he's wearing in, um, in Zombieland, the real thing, Ghostbusters from 1984. Oh. Nice. Very the nice. Horror comedy that uh, Dan Aykroyd wrote after, you know, because he's so involved in the paranormal. It goes back in his family line. I think his grandfather was, um, you know, invested. His grandfather in- is a ghost. Yes. Yes. Is yes. Uh, but this is uh, uh, one of the highest gro- grossing comedies ever. As we know, there's uh, ghosts that take over New York City. This has become a, 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 such a phenomenon. They made, you know, a, a remake or they keep trying to reboot it. Doesn't work because it's not as good as the real one. Even Ghostbusters 2, people are like, ah, why wasn't it as good? Because the first one should have been left alone. Yep. Uh, it was, um, I think, Joseph, did we see this together? We did see it together. Of, it, yeah, I think we went after a pizza party. At CYO it was a party. CYO. It was a church kind of thing. That's right. We That's went right. straight to Ghostbusters right afterwards, and uh, you know it. Uh, it just it's supposed to have Belushi in it beca- before he passed away. You know, and that right. was interesting. Uh, but you know, Harold Ramis does a good job, and and uh, it's just a classic comedy that I think needs to be on our list. Uh, simple plot: that is ghosts invading New York City. They form the Ghostbusters, and they end up taking it down. I, I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing in the movie is, is the you know you you choose your form of ghost. And we have uh, Dan Aykroyd thinking about the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man who comes out, and uh, you know I think you guys have seen the behind the scenes how they did it with the miniatures and stuff like that too. Yeah, but I yeah. thought it was really well done for the time. So oh, it well, is incredible. And unless I, I and correct me guys, up until unless you were Van Helsing, uh, chasing uh, Dracula. Um, you didn't. You never had people pursue the monster uh, yeah. in these movies. They're always running yeah. away. But this is a group of almost like civil ser- servants that go. You call them, and they go exercise. You know, and uh, up until this point, uh, we had the Exorcist. You know, with how yeah. creepy that was. Uh, but these guys, they're just blue collar guys going out. It's like exterminators to just go in there and put it, them in the like trap. an extermination yeah. company. Yeah. yeah. Such a innovative idea. And, uh, yeah, this first one, it still works, uh, all these years later, despite, uh, the other attempts that they've, they've tried to do. So you, uh, you can't, you can't mess with the formula. I think, you know, yeah. a lot of people were like when they tried to come out with the female ghostbusters, uh, a lot of people were overcritical about it. They're like, no, you can't. Uh, and they were like, oh, this is really sort of sexist and all that. I really think what it was is don't, you know, if you go back to the episode that we talked about bad remakes, yeah, I think it violates the principle. If something is so good and so iconic, why would you possibly attempt the to female redo Ghostbusters it? could have worked, uh, but it didn't other than the, the gender change. I don't think it, it that's didn't right offer anything and, yeah. and we talked yeah. about it on that other episode but, yeah the uh, role the roles yeah. were the same you know it, it you, wasn't that it was gender this gender or that gender it was we didn't see anything new yep. and that was the that was the kiss of death when you're doing something as innovative as this you know if if star wars from 77 to you know the the sequel if they went back and did the same thing we wouldn't have all these star wars movies but yep. they went did something completely different than what they did in the original. And that's taken a big chance, but, uh, when you win it, it pays off big, but that's the, I think that's what happened with that one. 
And if you're looking for, uh, you know, our review of the Ghostbusters, the TV show that ran uh, the children's oh, yeah. sitcom with Forrest Duck. That actually scored <laughs> my entry, number uh, five. Yeah. That was uh, on, on our, one of our previous shows. It's either best kid show or worst kid show. We're not sure, but George did talk about it. I extensively, yes. So, <laughs> it, yes. Yeah, so, as usual. So look so. for that show. I believe it's time now for a intermission. And today we have, wow, Snowfall in Connecticut. I'm interested on this one. Woo. Yeah, because it's different from snowfall in Maine. Yeah, and can you hear <laughs> snowfall? Well, let's give it a listen. Sounds like rain. I believe this is what you call a blizzard. <laughs> Sitting by a fire, too. Or... <laughs> it's like this cracking. just like that the sun came out yeah. <laughs> that's the most violent everything. snowfall i've ever heard yeah. pretty crazy uh, uh wait I, wait until next week snowfall <laughs> from denver yeah. Ooh, that's a good one theater therapy number three joseph what you got uh this is an experience that uh happened in 1988 uh and it happened <laughs> wait, wait, before this, the movie it happened like before the movie so uh <laughs> This, this, this is actually uh, an experience with a trailer. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> and I'm I talking was about there. And Jim was there. Jim <laughs> was there. Uh, it was the Caddyshack 2 trailer that got me really upset uh, because of, of sort of what we've been talking about. Like, you should never do sequels or remakes whenever something is good. You have Caddyshack, the first one. Great Brilliant. cult classic. Yeah, just, just, I mean, like, really, you know, became a favorite on the movie channel uh, for us. And so they decide to go ahead and make the sequel. And it was just a bit much. And normally I'm not this way. I'm not this kind of guy. But for some reason, it got to me. And Did Jim you get kicked well, out. <laughs> I didn't get kicked out. But Jim, what happened? Well, the, the whole uh, trailer ends with Dan Aykroyd doing a terrible Bill Murray impersonation as the groundskeeper. He gets shot with an arrow in his butt and he said, will you please remove it? And then his fades to black and there was completely silent in the theater and you just hear Joseph go horrible. <laughs> <laughs> just scream nice. it out. And it was perfect too. Cause everybody went silent. Nobody even laughed at the, whatever the Dan Aykroyd was doing. They just, did they laugh after he did it? 
I did. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else did. I know I did. And that's all that matters. I just want to make my friend Jim laugh. <laughs> nice. George, what is your number three experience? Uh, this, uh, I had to pick this, but I've had this similar experience in, in different movies. But in 1997, uh, Sabrina and I, we went and saw the fifth element in the, in the theater. Okay. And it's just bubblegum sci-fi. Um, so good, you know, so good. Uh, it's, it's, it's a fun story. It's not anything, uh, for a true science. It is the exact opposite. Let's just be straight here of 2001 and space odyssey. Okay. But the audience that I saw this movie with at Deerbrook Commons Theater in Humble, Texas, 1997. That night they were on fire. It was opening night, and the audience was hooping it up and laughing, and just it was such an energizing thing that just the power of seeing a great or a movie, not great movie, but a movie with a great audience makes all the difference in the world. Uh, I've, I've seen it since I own this movie and I can't separate the atmosphere, uh, memory of, of the atmosphere of that theater from, from this movie. Um, uh, it's powerful stuff when you get the right audience and they're tuned in to the movie, uh, or I've, I've seen it with plays as well. And of course, the, one of the reasons I like Rocky horror picture show is that, community experience that um, uh, joseph was talking about earlier but the fifth element in 1997 that audience that friday night they were on fire amazing audience awesome nice i think my number uh, three we all remember our first r-rated movie i had made attempts to get in before i would I, I was shut down i bought a ticket to gandhi and i think my joseph this might have been you and i and tj bought tickets to gandhi or something else and we went to 48 you hours snuck, you snuck oh, okay <laughs> we in, no 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 i, I thought def, you didn't have to sneak gandhi. into gandhi no we <laughs> sat we went to 48 hours instead and i remember usher coming up let me see your tickets please oh crap busted so later there was a re-release of the movie porkies so i tried oh. again at greens point mall very lax security. That's where I was. <laughs> that, I was with you at Greenspoint Mall. <laughs> Saw the first R-rated movie, Porky's, and it was definitely a hard R. Because <laughs> we were like watching stuff on the movie channel, Joseph, but we I don't think we ever saw anything like like that. Yeah, you, you know, I can't, from, I can't say the line. The, I can't. The, I can't say the line. I want to say the line, but I can't. Yeah, don't Which say one? it. There's too many uh, lines in the movie. Yeah, no, no, I can't, I can't even say it. But uh, yes, yeah, so I was there with you on that one. A lot of, if you haven't seen the movie Porky's, it's about the coming of age, I guess. But there's a lot of shower scenes. Yeah, of, it's a raunchy comedy. A sex, I mean, it's a sex romp. So yeah, uh, definitely mom still doesn't know to this day. Snuck in to see Porky. So if she listens to the show, she will find out. I'm sure I'll be grounded. Uh, so uh, so that was yeah that was our first rated r movie because i was there with you on that i don't think i was with you on 48 hours when you got busted i, think but I was, was definitely and i we got busted yeah i think we tried yeah to, tried yeah to, but, it just didn't but we were definitely we were definitely together for porkies yeah porkies <laughs> and then like i said the greens point mall they, they like, oh they gosh yeah i think so there we go yeah they <laughs> they barely took the tickets you know <laughs> <laughs> all right uh number two horror movie with humor joseph what you got so this is my final uh submission and uh it is from 2010 
just watch this over the weekend because it's such a wonderful movie. It really did nothing. Uh, but it, if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. I'm just saying it right now. Uh, Tucker and Dell versus evil. Uh, yeah. it, this is such a great take on the genre because very similar to the trope of, you know, college kids going to the woods, you know, to have a good time. They run up against two, like innocent guys that are what you would consider to be sort of redneckish hillbillies, uh, and very innocent. But the <laughs> the 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 college kids, you know, just it, it's a play on you know stereotypes and all that. They're they're convinced that these guys are evil backwoods and they're going to kill them and proceed to kill themselves. Uh, accidentally. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so it's a big miscommunication kind of thing, but it's just well done. I mean, it could have just gone off the rails, but uh, I feel like, you know, uh, the acting's great in it. Uh, again, the gore is very much horror film based and all that, but it's a play on the genre. So Tucker and Dale versus evil. George, you're done, right? I am done with humorous horror. <laughs> all yes. right. My number two is a, a definitely an underdog on this list. It's from 1986. It stars Blake Lively's brother, Jason Lively, who was Rusty on the European Vacation movie. Also, the great Tom <laughs> Atkins, who was in Halloween 3, playing a detective on this one, kind of a takeoff of his character from Halloween 3. It's a homage to B-movies and the genre. Uh, it's a zombie slasher alien invasion movie called Night of the Creeps that pretty much bombed in 1986, but has a real cult uh, following. I actually watched it a couple years ago. Uh, and uh, this is kind of a, a crazy game. puts like throws everything from horror movies into it and great comedic lines like uh, the best because it, it all uh, is around the prom. So you have the great Tom Atkins deliver line. The good news, your dates are here. The bad news, they're dead. So all the dates and are on this, <laughs> there are all these zombies that arrive. So there's so many kind of like playoffs of these, yeah. uh, these slasher movies in it. And you just have to, I mean, it, it starts off in the fifties where these kind of uh, almost like the movie slither, these kind of like little slugs crawl into the mouths of people and turn them into zombie and alien. So there's everything in there, uh, everything packed into this movie, including a, a, a fun ending. If you haven't seen it, I won't spoil anything, but it is worth your time. It is called night of the creeps from 1986. I saw this on Turner movie classics. They're starting to show it as a classic. So check it out if you can. So nice. Uh, what is your number two movie experience, Joseph? Uh, number two. Okay. You talked about the deep. Uh, that was what? 77. Yeah. Yeah. We were like nine, right? Yes. Mine is two years earlier when Patsy Johnson in her <laughs> parenting skills takes a seven year old to see jaws in 1975. <laughs> uh, and this is a confession. I still have a phobia of open water because my nightmare of nightmares. Johnson. Yes, absolutely. I had, they said I had like over a dozen nightmares that night. We were, we were actually in Louisiana visiting my grandmother and I think my older sister wanted to go see it. Uh, and it wasn't rated R it was PG. 
Right. That's the crazy thing. It was PG. My older sister wanted to see it, so they drug me along with it, <laughs> and I was hiding underneath the chairs in the middle of it because I was so scared. And did did they even think about leaving the movie? Oh hell no! This is the seventies, people. Uh, they're just like you'll I'm be okay. They give you a cigarette. You know? <laughs> Seriously, they're just like look away whenever you get scared. Huh. Just look away. I'm like, what kind of parents? So it, here I am in my fifties, and I'm still scared of open water because I'm afraid that whenever I go diving in the water, I will turn around and I will see a shark with his that mouth is, open. Joseph, I'm telling you, that is real. That is going to happen. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, George. So you know. <laughs> Thank George. you. Much love. Much George, love. your number two experience <laughs> in the theater. Okay. This is a lot scarier than Joseph's because this is real. Okay. The first time I saw Val Kilmer was in 1988 in a movie called Willow. <laughs> you didn't see Real Genius? <laughs> Okay, the second time I saw <laughs> Val Kilmer. You didn't see Top Gun? Uh, no, I, I still haven't seen Top Gun. Okay. Uh, but um, I'm the only person on the planet that hasn't seen Top Gun. Uh, but the um, I, I went to see Willow, and it's a, it's, I'm real excited about it because this is George Lucas's foray into fantasy. And after all the Star Wars, you know, uh, space fantasy, uh, fantasy stuff. And I go in and I'm with Sabrina, uh, you know, Sabrina and I, we, I don't know, we've seen thousands of movies together probably, but, uh, we're in the theater, 1988 and the movie I'm so distracted because this large, uh, African-American woman comes in, uh, with like this poncho thing on. Okay. And she sits down and, and I'm not really focusing on her weight but she was large the seat could barely hold her but the thing that was distracting was she had a fresh tupperware like a big bucket tupperware of gumbo and <laughs> she proceeds to eat this gumbo uh first of all it smells like feet like rhino's feet okay um and i'm right next to her and she's kind of like sloshing it uh, it, it was like, you're looking for hidden cameras. Like this is a gag, but then she starts kind of talking to the gumbo and now the film is going, okay. She came in late from the film to, I guess, heat up her gumbo or something, but she starts like, mm, yeah, that's a good one. Mm. And, <laughs> and it is the creepiest thing. And the, and I'm repulsed by the smell of this thing. I can't believe that, you know. I know people smuggle in candy, uh, and, and stuff. Okay. Never in my life, a thing of gumbo, a large <laughs> thing of gumbo. Uh, but that is, uh, this is truly therapy for me right here to talk about it on this podcast. Um, but, uh, that's 1988. Um, I still won't go into the water. Uh, no, wait, that's Joseph's, uh, <laughs> no, it, it, Still want to eat it, gumbo to this day. I still, I, I actually like gumbo, but, uh, I've never, I, I won't watch Willow. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, great. <laughs> That's my, will. anyway. All right. So my number, uh, two is my first, um, PG movie also, which was combined to my first PG, uh, double feature. 
which I didn't know was a double feature, but uh, the gumball rally from 1976. Oh, yeah. So good. I was uh, eight years old. My my brother that we were visiting St. Louis and they were like, we want to go see a movie. Oh, but who's going to watch the kid? Oh, just bring him with us. So I went and saw it. And then, of course, this movie features uh, uh, Raul Julia as a lover and a lot of scenes and kind of like <laughs> <he's making> constant <laughs> innuendo. And you also have the uh, the mooning, great mooning scene where the, the motorcyclist just flies yes. off the cliff. Um, but the second feature I remember was John Wayne as McHugh, which, uh, this is kind of his first non kind of Western. He's like a cop. John Wayne is McHugh. And the big thing at the end was they've been like teasing this machine gun, the whole movie. And at the end, he just kind of blows everybody away with this giant machine gun. Uh, but I thought it was pretty cool. Then I watched the movies later and I said, that was kind of cool. When I saw that double feature. And then I was like, eh. <laughs> uh, yeah exactly McHugh's kind of slow but the, the machine gun scene still pretty good at the end but uh, i gotta give it to my first pg adult movie at the age of eight gumball rally and McHugh is my experience so on nice. to number ones for humus horror what you got joseph done zombie land george you're done right i'm all done sir my number one is from 1985 the only zombie movie i actually saw in the theater not once but twice, and then I stopped right there. I'm talking about The Return of the Living Dead, the comedy horror film by Dan O'Bannon starring Clue Gallagher and James Karen. Uh, uh, Joseph, did you see this with me in the theater? We did. We were, we were yelling we were laughing out stuff. Our head, we, we were, were laughing, laughing our heads off because it's, it's a death rock punk metal soundtrack, and it's a kind of a punk rock movie yeah. with all these punk rocks. Uh, kids like going to the cemetery and out there having fun and drinking, and then, of course, there's this kind of, uh, I forget, it's like the EPA. Uh, there's like some sort of uh, uh, chemical that's released and all these things come back yeah. to life at the end. Uh, but you have the one woman, yeah, Linnea Quigley. waste, right. Yeah, L- Linnea Quigley, who's like in all these, you know, B movies like the Slime Ball Bolorama movie. She is like naked, pretty much. We were I was just, about to say. You that. and I were just dying because we couldn't believe like she was still like naked. It was like I'm like 40, 40, uh, 40 minutes in the movie. When I- <laughs> <laughs> never stopped it was, it was just, but but the great great it, it was like it's funny because they used to be actors in here like cool gallagher and james karen and just great kind of fun over the top acting and what do they do at the end to get rid of the zombies guys nuke oh yeah nuke. <laughs> they nuke them yeah. <laughs> uh we can't handle this situation we're just gonna nuke them <laughs> Well, that was at the height of the Cold War, where right. every night we went to sleep, and that the Russians were going to get us. Uh, so, uh, but such such great yeah. names for the uh, the cast. Uh, yeah. Linnea Quigley was trash. Uh, character was named Scuzz. There was a spider. <laughs> there was a character named Suicide. <laughs> and what's funny, you mentioned Dan O'Banion. Uh, he wrote uh, Alien, right? Didn't he? I think it's the same guy. I think this yeah. is, the, yeah. Yeah. I have his book on um, screenwriting. He, yes. He's, uh, Alien yeah. and the return of the living dead, which is, you know, two different yeah. movies. Uh, he could write a scary movie and then he could write this, you know? Yeah. So this, yeah. uh, yeah, very, very funny stuff. But, uh, like I said, I'm not the fan of uh, zombie movies. I, I could, I could see, uh, I did watch the zombie land, but, uh, the real, the serious ones are, are kind of tough to watch for me, but this one was super hilarious. So my number one is return of the living dead. Nice. I'm out to number one theater therapy. Joseph, what you got? So uh, this comes back to 1989. Uh, my little brothers, my, my favorite little brother's job is when he 
I got a job working at AMC because (laughs) when you, you have, you have someone working at AMC families get in for free family members get in for free. And I took full advantage. I mean, so much so that it was ridiculous. I would go out and see anything because it was free. And if I brought in my big mug and a grocery bag, they would give me free soda and they would give me like a bag of popcorn. Like, because that was her whole thing. It's like you, they, they wouldn't give me the cups. I couldn't, I couldn't get a cup and I couldn't get a box of popcorn, but if I brought in my own stuff, yeah. so I bring in like a huge, big, you know, like a trash bag <laughs> and a trash bag and all that. So, uh, this, this particular time, because I would see everything I would see, it didn't matter. Like he, it was embarrassing. My parents would go to the theater and they would insist on paying. They're like, Oh no, no, no. I would go. I was like, Oh yeah. Yes. Hey. That's my brother. I'll point him out. You know, that's my brother. <laughs> Let me in. And so uh, this particular night, uh, they were showing uh, gross anatomy. Uh, and there was no one that bought a ticket to see this theater. And I was like, well, it's the only one I haven't seen. So I stood in the middle of the theater, turned around to the projectionist, and I said, roll them, boys. <laughs> and they had to play the film just for me in the center of the theater with my with my literally grocery bag of popcorn, <laughs> my big gulp of Dr. Nice. Pepper. <laughs> so that, that's, that's Matthew my Modi, favorite right? movie. Matt, yeah, oh, yes, it's a terrible yes. movie. It's I didn't awful. care. It was all for free. <laughs> so there you go. So nice. a similar experience when I met my my wife sabrina she worked at amc and uh we, matthew stevens and i back to matthew stevens uh we on thursday nights now this was back when and it was real film it wasn't digital like uh it is now and you before the projectionist strike okay so you actually paid a person to sit in the booth and change out the reels of film so sometimes they would miss Mark when, whenever they ordered a film, they would send the reels in and they could get out of order. So Thursday night at midnight, after the theater had closed to the public, they would show these movies, uh, to make sure that the reels were in the right order. And Matthew and I, we, that, that year, we saw every film that came out that year. And, uh, we got to where we really enjoyed the, the movies that weren't the good ones. I remember there was one Robbie Benson is like in the road warrior or something. He's the villain. What? Uh, awful, awful. And there's this woman strapped <laughs> to this, uh, a muscle car driving ridiculously bad stuff. And we would sit there and we would, we didn't get free popcorn or, or Coke. Uh, but, um, we would sit there and watch these awful, awful movies. And, uh, that was a Thursday night, every Thursday night at midnight, we'd go up there and nobody's in the theater. Cause nobody's watching the movie. Nobody's bought a ticket. They're not selling tickets for it, but, uh, we would be there and, uh, uh, saw hundreds of movies that, that year. But, uh, nice. my, my number one experience, uh, goes back to 1993. Oh, that okay. wasn't it. <laughs> I was like, okay, George is done. No, I just, I'm just sharing in the free AMC movie. Uh, thing. Uh, I got into uh, just for the, I, for uh, to give general cinema some love. Somebody from class let me in to go see cocoon for free. So oh, it was where you <laughs> not the same as Robbie Benson as a villain, but yeah. You know. uh, Wasn't though, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He was, was that guy ever not old? 
seriously. Um, but uh, it's from 1993, Cool Runnings with John Candy. The the plot of the movie, four Jamaican bobsledders, they're going to be in the Winter Olympics, even though they've never seen snow. And uh, the reason this, this is uh, my number one, uh, going to bring the room down here, guys. Sorry. This was the last movie my father saw. Uh, that I saw with my father. It is not a good movie. I mean, it's, it's okay. I think it's like a touchstone Disney uh, uh, thing, but my father introduced me to the world of film and we saw movies. I was going to R rated movies with him uh, under age um, all these years and everything. And I was, I, we willed him into the, the theater. Okay. And, uh, and he, he was, uh, he passed away of, of cancer, um, literally in 94, in January of 94. Uh, but I remember thinking, this is it. This is the, this is the last movie. Uh, and, uh, I watched him watch the movie more than I, I watched the movie, but, uh, I wish it had been a different movie, <laughs> something <laughs> worth, you know, a, a little more, you know, something that had some stubs substance, like maybe, uh, you know, gross anatomy or something. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> it, uh, th this was the last movie I saw, uh, with my father, uh, who turned me on to cinema, but, uh, cool runnings, 1993. Very, Very nice. good. Yeah. Uh, mine is from, uh, from 1979. My dad was present for this one too, and my brother was too. As we saw Rocky II in the theater in Pennsylvania when we lived in Pennsylvania, uh, this was like George. You talk about rowdy crowds with uh, yeah. Fifth Element. This was everybody was hu hungry for the Rocky movie because it was like three years after the original or two years after the original one. So saw it in a packed crowd. In fact, somebody in front of me was smoking. I remember vividly during the uh, <laughs> the Mickey scene where he's watching when he's telling Rocky, "You gotta fight right-handed." There's like smoke coming up from the fur. So but, <laughs> really, really into it, very authentic. <laughs> but I do remember the fight scene. It was so loud and people were cheering so hard that when I did see it on cable a couple of years later, I was like, "Wow, there was music here." <laughs> there was actual talking <laughs> i never heard it at all during their first that's a thing. good crowd jim yes that is and a that good was crowd. that was the the best i think movie experience i had as far as like people being so into one movie uh yes. wanting some one rooting so hard for a character made up <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh rocky two uh was my number one movie experience so all right so we are officially done with theater therapy, obviously, there's no kind of voting there. We got all kind of just, I think we were being examined by the uh, the council uh, uh, above just to see, you know. Well, I what say, I, well, why, why don't we do this? Because they want a list. I'm telling you that right now. They want a list. We're going to put in our top one for everyone. Okay. Okay. okay so that on. goes in there. And then, then we just so kind of pick two. Gross anatomy. Gross anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> roll them boys and I, <laughs> and, I got, and I got cool runnings they're like who's this jerk jim's the only jim is the only one with a, a actual good movie there exactly <laughs> so uh i want jaws in there just because it scares the, the jesus the, out of you the phobia the life so we got phobia. One, we got one more what's it gonna be Matthew Stevens peeing in an oversized soda <laughs> cup. That is pretty good. Gum, gumbo lady. Still have nightmares about that. Uh, Pinocchio, which uh, 
I remember. I mean, that's made, pretty scary made for Joseph want to become a real boy. I think, right? Is that, <laughs> that's right. Or are we going with uh, Jacqueline Bissett? I think. I think there there was a theme with with the exception of his number one. There was a theme that Jim. I don't know if you noticed that you had in first, all yeah. your memories. Yeah, it was all nudity. It was yeah. all nudity. What was, what was nudity? Oh yeah, uh, the the. <laughs> The I D, guess, I guess you're kind of right. Orkies, yeah. well, uh, 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 Gumball guess, Rally, Gumball Rally had the mooning scene. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, uh, so I'm almost thinking that we need to put in the deep, George, uh, okay. just because that uh, I don't made mind that. Yeah. Jim, the uh, the the, the, the Mister Skin <laughs> over here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy. Oh man, guys. Uh, this, this, this is huge. Wait, I'm pulling up the letter right now as we talk. Uh, this comes in from our friend Jason Meeker. And uh, boy, does he have a lot to say here. I'm just going to read it to you. This is this is the guy that went crazy about the uh, desert. He, yeah, he made us apologize to Jim. Now yes, he's really Jason. upset. Uh, oh, Dear Crispy Coated Robots, I listened to episode 137. The only doormat that is worth a damn is oh, the one in front of Joseph's doorstep. It reads no soliciting unless you're selling Girl Scout cookies. This feels like this is kind of an inside job. Here, uh, this is okay. The true reason for this email is because of an error has been made in episode 137, which included a full list of best examples of doormats slash pushover characters. Uh-oh. Your list is so incomplete. You left him out! Exclamation point. Not Jesus H. Christ. William H. Macy. Ah, oh. uh, oh. you know, God, he's absolutely right. You may Boogie be. Oh. You may think I'm referring to his role in the cooler, where he is a no. doormat, a professional doormat. His luck is so bad, where he was an embodiment of a sad sack doormat. But no. He got naked with Maria Bello. The man is a winner. Or maybe you think I'm, ref uh, I'm referencing his role in Boogie Nights. Uh, yes. George, you just called it out. Yeah. As uh, Little Bill, remember how he was so oh, walked no. over by Wait. his movie wife? Is he going to Mystery Men? He is. No, but see, he doesn't even mention Mystery Men, but even Mystery Men, okay? Uh he says, no, the one where I'm going with is Fargo. Oh, He's playing the interview. That is oh, well one. done. Well yeah. done, Jason. I mean, yes. he definitely called us out. But, ha, it's on you, Mr. Meeker, because we're getting meta on you. We knew that this was the best no, example didn't. of a doormat. And no, that's we why we left it out intentionally, because what do you do to a doormat? You ignore it. So you got caught in it. We're treating you as a doormat. We're not sorry. We don't suck. That was all our plot to begin with. So there you go. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'll go with it. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, suck it, Jason. Never mind. <laughs> Should have stuck with I, Mr. I, I, yeah. It was a good suggestion, though. Yeah, it is. It is we, it is always, we, we always we, appreciate uh, when folks write in. Uh, thank you. 
Uh, still wrong about the desert thing, though. But but that's that, a different. You're exactly thing. right about that. That's the, that's the biggest thing you've been. Oh All boy, right. here we go. So, humorous <laughs> horror. Let's see what we get wrong about this, Jason. Uh, humorous horror. Uh, we've got. To choose oh, did we have any what? honorable mentions? Because I was going to do like Young oh. Frankenstein, but I thought that was a spoof. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have one from Houston, Texas. Yeah, and I'm talking about student bodies. Oh, yeah, that's a good one too. That's that is a real. Yeah, that, that's that's definitely a B flick and all that. So, so that that's I, my only one. My honorable mention: uh, the greatest film to ever be made in New Zealand uh, after Lord of the Rings, What We Do in the Shadows. Yep. Uh, the Dark Shadows. Uh, that's a uh, Johnny uh, Depp thing. Johnny Depp as as the old uh, Dark Shadows guy. Uh, Ready or not, Joseph mentioned that. Okay, Shadows guy, <laughs> and and uh, what are you saying? Uh, you know, Johnny Depp doesn't blink in that the whole time. Watch it, he doesn't blink. Um, Easy, yeah. Um, and Ghostbusters. Uh, so, mm, so here's what we end up with thus far: Zombie Land. This is the end. Sean this of is the, the end. end. My friend, the end. My zombie friend, friend the, end. the end. Mother. <laughs> I want to eat you. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sorry about that. Uh, what we have to choose from this doesn't stand a chance. Transylvania six five thousand. Okay, but you know we got to mention it. It's like my night of the creeps. At least I got to mention um, it, right? And we do have Night of the Creeps, Return of the Living Dead, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I forgot about that one. That's a good one. That is good. Ghostbusters, What We Do in the Shadow, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. If by sheer, uh, you know, 1948, folks, you know, that that owes something to that. Uh, and then, of course, Ready or Not, the worst game of hide and seek you'll ever play. Uh, oh, and uh, Cabin in the Woods. Did I say that already? Cabin in the Woods. So, all right. I, we I, got I, three. We need two more, guys. What is I'm going to, in all honesty, George, you and I agreed upon the three that we have in there. Mm -hmm. I would like to put in two of Jim's Ghostbusters and Abbott okay. and Costello meet Frankenstein because I think I, that I like the Abbott and Costello because that's. It's like the kind of set the president for it, you know? Well, I was going to yeah. say, is there anything before that? that I don't uh, think so. I, I don't think so. Well, that's it, guys. And uh, take the Zombieland. classic actors from the Universal Horror series and actually have them play themselves. Right, so right, cool. which yeah. is really cool. So Zombieland, this is the end. Shaun of the Dead, Abbott and Costello, meet Frankenstein. And who are you going to call, Jim? Ghostbusters. Yeah, Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh. said, said with so much enthusiasm. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, that nice. wraps it up. That was pretty painless. And that uh, was really simple. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go watch the deep, boys. Let's put this uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the ground here. And uh, scoot it up and come back down and yes i still don't up that's that's horrific to me i don't know what's going on there that is humor right there it's the it's the future <laughs> <laughs> the way they do it in the future all right so uh crispy cutter robots.com is where you need to go for all of our information uh and the albums oh what what's your toe joseph and then also some merch <laughs> The merch is not selling, guys. What's going on with you, Crispy Good Robot fans? What's up, Crispy? We need we buy need, something. We need t-shirts. White t-shirts. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> but I guess George, your final line without being interrupted, I promise. 
remember, this is the there's end. always tomorrow. <laughs> or is there? Crispy <laughs> 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 Conan Robots! Who are you going to call? Robots! <laughs> <laughs>